Pai, and welcome to the 145th edition of the Keen Minds podcast, where we cover NBC's The Blacklist. This is season nine, episode 21, Marvin Gerard, part one. I'm Jen, aka Takata Cycle. And I am Tessa. And it's Marvin Gerard conclusion, part one. Oh, so that's Marvin. Yeah, Marvin will have uh, three episodes to, to his name. He had the first one. Oh, he did. I forgot yeah, about in season that. three. Then he had uh, the the conclude. This is the first part of the conclusion, and next one is the second part of the conclusion. You know, I noticed on Friday night when I watched it that it said conclusion part one. I was like, that must have been a typo or something. I'd forgotten. And see, is it season? Yeah, it was season three that mm-hmm. Marvin came in. Yep, yep. that's and, when they uh, had I the diner. That's how we met him. It was very- yeah. It's yeah. So that, you seem to have little issues with the episode. I do. Tell it's, me about them. So, and I don't want, I mean, cause you know me, I I'm very capable of saying like, I love this character. I don't want them to be a villain. That's why I dislike it. I, I'm pretty good about taking myself out of that and being capable of, of acknowledging that while I like Marvin, you know, he could make a formidable villain obviously. And it, it puts the emotional situation with, uh, puts Red into an emotional situation. He knows everything about Red, all the things that we're seeing. It's, for me, I feel like a couple of tweaks and this could have been excellent. But those tweaks, since they didn't make them, I'm like, so pointless. Which if, tweaks are you talking about? I think if he had done it, not sounding like a petulant child saying it's not fair you're giving the 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 kingdom to her and not me which is kind of absurd um he sounded like a child throwing a temper tantrum you know and i think if he had been trying to save red's life and sort of fallen into that it would have made a whole lot more sense to me that everything had always been about red his entire life was about red and he somehow caught wind of part of the story that Liz was going to shoot Red. So he set this up trying to save Red's life. And then it snowballed. I think that would have made more sense. But just the way they went about it and the way that, that he just didn't really seem to have a strong, and, and don't get me wrong, greed is a huge, uh, you know, huge goal for people it's it's a good um <laughs> my brain um it, it's a good motivator. objective yeah it's a good motivator a motive that's the term i was looking for that was losing um but it just doesn't and don't get me wrong it's not the marvin can't be greedy it just doesn't fit along with his absolute adoration of red I think if they were going to go with the, as Red said, you know, his brother, his, uh, his idol, mm-hmm. that I think he really should have been willing to sacrifice anybody but for Red. I oh, think I, it would have deepened it tremendously. And I, I, I just I, don't know why they went the direction they went with it. I agree that a lot of people seem to have that kind of complaint. I, however, found it to be good. I liked it. It was unexpected. 
um, it was unexpected because you don't think of of grown people acting like that yet they do it all the time sure you do um, i mean just take a walk out your front door and interact with humanity and you see people acting like that on a daily basis or turn on the news yeah so it felt to me that his that there was a, an element there of anger uh, that he would a phase that he would put towards towards lacroix that was you know i'm angry because he's giving everything to her and all that so that to me read right in the sense that that was what he would be telling a pal yeah that that scene didn't bother me um that that meltdown scene the way he was talking to him because as you just said this is a friend this is someone he's venting to that's one thing yeah then but then we have we also have a lot of things that have done that have happened with Marvin and Liz. Uh, the first time that Liz that M Marvin is about to get out of jail, Ren springs him out and in order to do that to save Liskin. They then he gets trapped by Kate, who's trying to do something about about Liz. Um, then she sets him up and and he gets tortured and i think it was that 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 little just is just too much and then those scenes where he's like saying you're leaving your kingdom to a cop and it, it was obvious to everybody but red that liz was not the person that he was she was incapable that she had no loyalty and Ren was never seeing that. So to me, it makes sense that his motivations may have been a bit deeper than he let Lacroix, Lacroix know. Because yeah, it's that, that, that guy thing, we're talking in a bar, we're all friends and I piss but, up with him. But, but it isn't the Lacroix conversation that got me. It's when he's talking to Red in the airport. Airports. It, because he, it was, it was that moment where he said, it's just not fair. And all I could think of, even on my second round was petulant child. Mm -hmm. And there were so, I mean, there are plenty of reasons. You and I talked about it prior to knowing for sure it was Marvin, that there were certainly reasons why he, you know, you could qualify him being the big bad on this, being the one that went after Liz, mm -hmm. even just within himself. There was enough there for him to take his vengeance and just not trust her. But I think with the way that they have situated him in this idolization of Red, which, which is very, it feels very organic to me, that portion of it. But to, he knew, he may not know why he felt about Liz the way he felt, but he knew that he did. And so he had to have known what he was, the, the risk. That's he was, why he was crying. And I think that when he began doing that, he was really, he felt that he had no choice, that he was angry that Red had basically passed him along, put this woman, and it was passing along Dembe and him. I, I agree. I think Dembe was the heir apparent. Dembe was the heir apparent. 
I don't yeah. think Marvin ever was. Dimbe was. But and, and and it's like there she is, this woman who's trying to kill you and who has a gun on you, but he never acknowledges through the entire episode. He he almost seemed to know that it was Red's like like he didn't seem surprised that Liz was there with a gun. Like hurry up, Van Dyke, do this. You know, he yeah. didn't seem worried about it. like he knew this was the plan. And so to me, it wouldn't yes, but felt, we were, yeah. Well they told us that nobody else they knew. did, but his reactions didn't match that. And so it just felt like there were some missing pieces there that aren't quite adding up to the emotional progress of this character. Now, could it be that at that moment he realized what was happening? But and we that's didn't part of see the reason. That. Well, he was crying. I think he was crying because he knew the emotional toll it was about to take. And I just, I think that the motivation was off for it. It just felt tremendously off and it would have just taken one or two lines to shift it dramatically into yeah. this, I am hero worshiping you and I went too far and I don't see it, but I did it. And I just, I think it would have made a whole lot more But that would have made sense. a reluctant, would have made him into a reluctant villain and i think i think he already was a reluctant villain yes but way too much a would have giving him a sort of noble intent that i don't think was there well and i i think to me that's part of the problem is that 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 sliver of noble intent would have deepened it for me. It would have made the motivations make sense. I'm not saying that that Marvin is a stellar guy, you know? <laughs> I mean, he's clearly a crook. I mean, love him to death. And Fisher Stevens is phenomenal. But Marvin is what he is. But again, we're dealing within this criminal realm in which for what he is, he he has always had loyalty above all else. He is one of the few folks in Red's team mm -hmm. that has always yes. been loyal above all else. And so exactly. have him, to have him fracture that, I feel like it had to be for Red in his mind, not for himself. I think, I think that if you think about him not knowing why on earth, he obviously doesn't know that Liz is Red's daughter. He, all he sees is this woman for whom, for whom Red is. And remember that Red has done this with other people. He did it, she, he did it with Emma. And, and the and, conversation between he and LaCroix indicates that, that maybe Marvin even thinks it's sort of a romantic situation. With the he song, doesn't know why well, he has well, this, this. Hang on, let, let, me, yeah. let me qualify why I'm saying that. I mean, you, you've got the directional sense in the song that was playing because you're seeing mm -hmm. Liz's death from Marvin's point of view and it's a more romantic song. And I thought about that at the time. I was like, that's a weird song choice for this. And then I you know, realized, oh, when he's talking to LaCroix and LaCroix goes, doesn't she have a daughter in grade school? That's the, the sort of reaction was like, why is this older man interested? It's not just a pretty young thing. It's a younger thing that has a kid, like what's going on? And they start talking about red and parent teacher conferences or something like that, indicating that there's some sort of romantic relationship there. And so I think from Marvin's point of view, that's, that's his guess is that he has some sort of romantic, you know, that he was in love with Katarina. So now he's in love but with Katarina's daughter or what have you. But but this, that brings up yet another 
component to all this because here is Marvin who knows basically everything there is to be known about Red. He's been the one who's bought all the properties, who said all the stuff, who handles everything, who cuts the checks. And yet he doesn't know why Red has this, this weakness with Chris. So I think that to me, I hear what you're saying, and it's a very common um, issue around. It's, it's You're not alone by any means. And I think that I'm actually more an outlier here. I feel that his anger is a compound thing that has been building up because every time that he's about to, you know, Reddit got him reinstated, but it's not about him. It's not about, hey, Marvin, you know what? I really messed up and you went to jail and I want to pay you back by reinstating you. No, I want I, I want to reinstate you because I want this. This is my heir and you have to look at my will. So everything that Red has done always had Liz in the middle. And I think that for Marvin, he did not knowing the relationship between them. It was jealousy, whether he believed it was romantic whether he wasn't sure that he was you know a relative or whatever it was he felt like why this fbi agent who has done nothing but trouble who have no sense of loyalty who have me torture who i gave her an honest answer that should have been the one i i should have been the one that really got picked because he was very upfront and says, I don't want anything to do with you. And, and Red goes gaga when it comes to Liz and believes whatever it is that Liz says. So I think that for me, that tracks. Well, I, he's, I will he's agree with fed you. Up. I, I, he's I'm, fed up. I'm on, the, I, I'm on the same side as you when you say that, it, that there was jealousy involved. I just, where I differ on that is that I don't think it should have only been that. I, I think you can have multiple reasons, multiple, yeah. you know, uh, motivations there. And some are going to be more conscious motivations. Some are going to be more subconscious. I think it would have made more sense for the subconscious reason to be jealousy, the conscious reason to be protecting red. Because if you think about it, <laughs> that, that, unconscious jealousy there, which I still don't think, regardless on the path that they're taking, I, I do think he's jealous. And I don't think that that's a conscious thought in his mind. He doesn't, he hasn't acknowledged it to himself or to anybody else that that's what's, what's pushing this. Mm-hmm. But that, that unconscious jealousy is going to be what would send him down the path of murdering Liz versus somehow finding a way to just handle the situation in a way that wasn't going to emotional and take an emotional toll on red well but i think when you think about the whole the whole of this trajectory throughout the time and how red has tried to protect her so badly Red protecting Liz so badly to the point that nobody knows why she is so important to him. Combined with Liz's lack of loyalty of, of, and her going berserk, trying to 
kill red and use everybody. Those two things converge in Miss being killed. And I think it is actually poetic, the more I think about it, that what got her killed was were those two things. Red overprotectiveness combined with Liz, complete and utter lack of loyalty. Because if Liz had had a sense of loyalty, she would have realized that Marvin was the right ally. And then because he was staying truthful. Her actions in preferring every turncoat that she could find tells you that eventually she ended up dead because of who she was and read over protectiveness and not telling anybody who she was. So I think I think that the motivations, I mean, yeah, maybe having like I was trying to protect you, like you were, you know, this woman was trying to kill you all the time and there you are like not paying any attention to you. I, I think that it would have been okay, but I like what we had here. Now, what, what did you think about Dembe saying that the only person who would never betray you, it felt ominous? I, when I started watching the episode, Red said something to the degree of like, they were going to have a high, high death toll or, you know, but mm -hmm. they weren't getting out. And I went, we're about to lose Dembe. I, I think we're going to lose Dembe by the end of the next episode. I think he's gone. I don't think he'll make it to season 10. I, I hate that with every fiber of my being because I love Hisham, but I don't I, think I don't think that that I think that he's going to betray Red though. I, I hope I'm I think wrong. he is. I I, I, I mean, very much hope I'm wrong. I did you, I don't did you know if I would prefer a betrayal, but to to Red, Red already felt betrayed by him going to the to the yes. FBI. But and then he pulled a Red on Red. Because he technically didn't tell the task force uh, how to find out where they were going, but he basically gave them a clue to how to do it. So that's a red. He pulled a red on red. And, you know, yeah, red is very much about that's I didn't lie. And Dembe can now say, hey, I didn't tell anybody. That's exactly what they tell them. I didn't tell them. They just figure it out. Oh, I loved but, that moment for him. That was great. Yeah. So so we're seeing that Red is being outread by Marvin, by Aram, by Dembe. They're, they, he has taught them to be Red, and now they are being Red. I thought it was it was uh, it was it was great, but I have a feeling that Dembe will end up betraying him for some for some higher. Uh, thing and um, I, I think I, mean, I would prefer him to be dying to be dead. No, 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 I was gonna say I, 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 because I, I always believe in redemption. So I think I would prefer it be like a betrayal for the FBI. You know, because you, you had Cooper saying, you know, you took an oath, this and that, mm -hmm. and so I think I would rather that happen because then you have the potential for reconciliation down the road versus mm -hmm. taking a bullet and and so i i very much hope you're right in that because when i watched the episode i went we're gonna lose dembe i was yeah. 
so oh, sorry. I, and I, I, didn't go I want there. to be wrong. I want to be wrong on yeah. that. Well, that, so you, it was, a, it was very you. bloody. It was it very was. bloody. I mean, like everybody else that basically there was no people alive. No, no, they, they had some folks really that made bad. it through because um, Red asked if any yeah. of their people had made it out and wrestlers said, yeah, that their EMTs are incoming. They're going to take them out. But I thought it was interesting that they seemed to have absolutely no problem with this uh, HRT team seeing that they came to rescue Raymond Reddington and that there's this FBI agent that was in the closet with him helping to protect him. And well, they don't, they don't know that. Well, they, they might notice the number one on the black or on the uh, America's most wanted list. <laughs> it's well, but they, they were coming to kill him and they, they, for all they know, the FBI came to, um, to take him. Maybe, maybe, uh, but it was very interesting. And so it was well, just glossed well, over very quickly. Yeah. What, uh, what did you make out of the scenes with Mirza? That was chilling. I just, I dislike her tremendously. I was starting to like, I, I like Weecha. Mirza gives me a bit of a weird vibe. Yeah. But that was a very that was a very powerful moment. You know, said you're the the god of sac human sacrifice, violent violent death. Nobody will ever be safe with you. See, okay, it, I don't know. I for one because I I have trouble. I I watch everything with subtitles when I can because I just I, I have focusing issues and so I and I prefer being able to back it up. But when I watch it live. I, I know I cut cable, so I'm watching on a pair of rabbit ears. I, I literally cannot back it up and I haven't figured out how to turn the subtitles on on my TV, mm -hmm. if I even can. And so when she said that Friday night, I looked at it and went, I have no idea what she's saying. Like, I just couldn't understand her. Mm -hmm. And and so I, I paid special attention and, and made sure the subtitles were on when she was talking again. I went, okay. That's interesting. It's like, I know it was supposed to feel ominous and I'm sure it is supposed to be ominous, but for some reason it just didn't click with me. It just felt very over the top. And, but she feels very over the top. Yeah, but she's a shaman. I mean, it's, it's supposed yeah, to feel over the top. I just, I think it comes down. I think that really is just coming down to me just not liking her. Weecha I've gotten mm. better with. Like now that I know Weecha is not like, a plant trying to kill him. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm much more fond of Weecha, but I still have zero love for Mirsa. Like I I guess I hope she doesn't die, but <laughs> just I don't see the other I than would being there, I would suspect that they will die, that yeah, they will kill her. Other than being there to drop pieces of information that probably could be given by other characters. And I suppose try to give him some sort of love interest for the, the season, which, and that's part of my problem with hers. I just feels Anne immediate chemistry loved him with Anne. Uh, hate that they killed her off screen again. Um, they love killing people off screen, but there was immediate chemistry between those two actors. I do not feel it between no. Mirsa and red it just there's nothing there for me but they seem to want us to be 
it, as emotionally invested as we would be between like Tom and Liz that we spent seasons with, or for well, the Keenlers, wrestler and Liz. You I, know, I, insert- I, I don't know that that yeah. is necessarily true. Reddit always expressed what he saw in Mirce very much like I was a broken guy and they got me through some very dark times. Um, I, I always go back to Ulysses and the, the travels home in that one of the, um, one of the sorcerers that, that he gets involved with is, um, is reminds me of of Mirce. It it just seems like like Red had given up on those romantic things, and he's clinging to Mirce like a raft in the sea. I will agree I, with I you don't... there, definitely. Huh? I said I will agree with you there. That that, and I think that's part of the problem I have with it. I just. I, because I don't feel anything for that relationship, I don't understand why he's clinging so hard. Well, because he's a rough, he's he's drowning. He's drowning in the in the sea of, of grief, and Mirza was a a raft, and he's clinging there. He doesn't have it. Doesn't have to be a relationship with Anne. I mean, Anne was a very different relationship because he was in the midst of a storm. Red was on his boat and it was a storm and Anne was a calm in the storm of Liz trying to kill him. And he, he, and he immediately had that attraction towards this woman that was just, she was just watching birds and being calm. And it was, and that was an attraction. He, he looked at there, there she was, he liked her. It was just a regular attraction in the, um, a, a, poor, a calm port in a storm. But, and same as like Cassandra and Madeline were like the fun women that do dangerous things and, you know, might even try to kill him um, occasionally, you know, for fun, for play. And, and, I feel that that Mirce was a different thing. He was drowning, she was a raft, and he just clung there. There is that there's not such a, a thing as a a romantic thing or anything. It's just that you're keeping me alive. And that's why he's he's even acting in a way that makes little sense. I mean, red Demba kept saying, you shouldn't see Anne, you're doing the same things over, you're putting her at risk, you're putting yourself at risk. But this is different. This is like Red saying, please don't go when people around him are getting killed. Like, please don't go, I want to go with you. So it seems like Red is literally out of his mind here and not thinking. I, I think that that's all there is to it is a very different relationship and and the fact that he 
let Cassandra go because of that. It feels like it's not, I mean, Mirza left and didn't want anything to do with him. Having enough affair, come on. That's nothing for Red, who's sleeping all over with the mother of this and the wife of the other. And I mean, this is different. And I don't think it's about um, he's getting a moral compass or anything like that. I think that just he's is not going to let go of that raft. Make sense? Oh, no, it makes sense. I just I still don't, don't feel like anything. I, I just don't feel anything for her. I just there's zero emotional connection for me. And so, and that may be a me thing. I don't know. Maybe everybody else loves her. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. um, well, she, she has always this very pinched look. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, which I, which I think is a directional thing because, like, I've seen pictures of the actress and she doesn't look that pinched. No, it's normally. like, it's like, it's like uh, if you remember how Kate Kaplan showed up. She always had the pinch look like, I really hate this is happening. You know, the first time we met her when she was like cleaning up and Red had been taking it. And you can see where that comes from because it was a moment when she's like, I told you not to, not to uh, surrender and here you are and this is what is happening. Um, so the pinch look might be part of it. Like, I didn't want to come back here. I don't know why you were here and it just seemed like um, very ominous. And, and we, you know, we're having all this very, very ominous thing happening with Red. Um, like telling him, you lost me uh, uh, to Cooper at the end. Yeah. Um... I mean, so, they, they have spats, but I'm not sure they, that this they do. And, and I think this may lean into what you were saying about Red acting like he's losing his mind, because I I keep trying to wrap my mind around with him. And to be fair, I've been trying to wrap my mind around this for seasons upon seasons at this point, how he can be so caught up in his own moment, because Agnes is relying on Cooper being there for her. That That is if nothing else, he can say, I'm doing it for Agnes. And yet his immediate reaction is, oh, Cooper, just trust me. It's like, you can't tell. I mean, I, I know well, he's, you know, like the adopted dad, but he still adopted this child. And he's saying, yeah, trust me enough that to be out of her life for however long. I'm not going to tell you how long. I'm not going to tell you how I'm going to get you out. I'm just saying, trust me, because it's better but for that's me. Red. That's, that's what Red has always you know you have to trust me i can get i all of this happening and this is the, the story all the time it goes to what i was saying it's red lack of trust he said i can't play with others i don't like playing with others and secrets put people in harm's way because he keeps a secret he doesn't tell what his plan is but, or maybe because he doesn't even have a plan and he's just winging it but but that's what i mean by i've been trying to wrap my mind around it for for seasons now, that exact thing is that he's doing to Cooper what he did to Liz and Tom throughout mm -hmm. the seasons. Just like, well, just trust me, just do as I say, and I'll make it work out. When he's not, he's not omniscient. 
he can't swear by that. And, and Cooper knows this. I don't blame Cooper for an instant that he chose to do what he did. I don't blame him. And I think that, that, um, that Dembe made the right decision by leading them to it, even if he couldn't, like, he still kept mm. his, his word to Red, which I respect tremendously. Well, but he was still able to lead them to what they needed because in the end, Cooper mm. is fighting for his family. But I think that Red has always been able to find a way that's his well and this is also to... this is also red's mess that's causing this this had nothing to do with cooper and yet agnes and cooper are the ones suffering for it yeah because but if you think about it it goes to the secrecy there is i mean at the end is it is an issue of of trust and i understand why red end up not trusting anybody because as Cooper said, for this relationship to work, we have to be the FBI and play by the rules and you have to do something else. And Red seemed to be losing that, which sometimes he said, I don't know if you remember, this is early on, I think it's season three or four that he said, um, I love about being you being predictable because that is what allows him to play. And that's what Aram messed him up because Aram was not predictable. So in a way, by having Cooper removed from there and having Aram in there, what you're seeing is a level of unpredictability that is creating a explosive situation. It is. And I also think that by not being able to, to trust others, Red is systematically isolating himself. And so mm -hmm. he said, I'm not having anything to do with Aram. Aram screwed me over. I'm done. No second chances. I'm only dealing with you, Cooper. And now he feels like Cooper screwed him over and he's going, I'm done with you as well. And so he's painting himself into a corner. And right now, essentially all he has is Dimbe. Like that's it. Weech is out of commission. Mirsa's very upset with him. Um, Dimbe's the only person in his corner and Dembe's loyalties are stretched pretty thin at this point. Mm -hmm. And so, and obviously Marvin Gerard, who he should have always been able to rely on if he had just given him half a breath of, of acknowledgement, I think, and maybe a little bit of trust back in season eight. Yeah. Well, what he told Marvin- Again with trust, know. again with trust. Sorry, I just stumbled across something yeah. myself. He didn't trust Marvin in season eight. Yep. It goes he, back to trust. Yeah. He's he, capable. He has a problem with trust because he had been betrayed. He's, his entire thing happened by being betrayed. And he has learned to survive by not trusting anybody. Well, he but he doesn't know. He, he doesn't very, know when to stop. Yeah. He made a very interesting statement in this episode where he said, uh, you know, we're, we're gathered here um, because I've been betrayed by someone. And now I don't remember exactly how he phrased it. Yeah. But it was essentially that fine line that you have to dance around. Yeah, between because if you don't trust anybody, if you yeah. don't trust anybody, then you can you can function. But I think that that is going to be the theme. And what he was, I mean, think about it. If he had trusted Tom with the bones, Tom would not have been killed. Because he would, if he had just tell him what the bones were, 
Tom would not have been killed and Liz would not have gone into a coma and they wouldn't have gone into the, the, the whole Townsend Directive. All of that would have been avoided. Jennifer wouldn't have gotten into the mix. I, Tom would have been there to go, hey, babe, why don't you take a breath and not go a little crazy on this? Yeah. There would have been... <laughs> it could have all been avoided, just as you said. Like, it could have all been avoided. Did he tell Kate that he was a parent to Liz? No. He never told him. She thought that he was that he was Raymond Reddington, but she didn't. I mean, she didn't act like he had any right to be in her life. So at any step of the way, Red kept the most precious thing he had, which was Liz, a secret because in Red experience, whatever is precious to you, you lose. That's what people go after. And that extended to not trusting anybody. That's what he told Liz in the video. Don't trust anybody. And not trusting anybody can be a way to survive in certain, in certain circumstances. But it's very hard when you extrapolate to not trusting anybody and never. I was going to say, it doesn't work in the long term. Unless you're going to be a hermit in the mountains somewhere. Mm -hmm. Like that, that's essentially it. Like if you're running a global empire, you have to trust people at some point. Mm -hmm. And if people are coming after you, you have to trust people at some point to some degree. And yeah. he's, he's working himself into the plane, as I said, where he just, he doesn't have anybody left. And he did that with Kate when he, when he tried to kill Kate and she came after mm -hmm. him, she systematically took all of his, you know, his people off the table. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially what's happening again but it's Marvin not, is more brutal. I was Marvin say, just took him. I, I honestly not sure it's necessarily even just Marvin doing it. Like Marvin killed Liz, sure. But it just Well, he hired went, these people that are being that took all this well, associates yeah, of him. But but I'm I'm just looking at it, it's all snowballing from Red's lack of trust. Mm-hmm. And I so, don't play well with others. You talk loose. You'll be the dummy. I'll be the declarer, and you everything will work fine. And that is fine to a point, but not in every circumstance, and not all the time. And Red fails to because Liz was so precious to him. He felt that he he couldn't trust that to anybody. And I think that that's where you know that's where your biggest vulnerabilities are in, in those things that you really love and you don't dare to trust anybody with them. And and meanwhile, he had blinders when he came to Liz. I mean, he, he didn't see Liz clearly for who she was or he would have never left her an empire. Yeah. Um, say, yeah, it just, it all boils down to the trust issue and that's something we've talked about for years it's been a running theme of how do you trust can you trust etc cetera, etc cetera. and it's interesting that red didn't seem to have a tremendous problem with the way he functioned until he dropped into liz's life because it's, emotions got involved exactly exactly it's i mean and we've talked about again yet another thing we've talked about that like especially we saw it with tom was an excellent highlight for it you know just the the 
top of his, you know, weight class when it comes to, to being a, you know, undercover agent. And then you throw a few, you know, <laughs> curveball emotions in and he's just kind of useless. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, it, it's exactly what happened. And it's exactly what's happening with Red ever since he came into Liz's life. Because, I mean, look at what happened from that very moment. This was going to happen. He decides to come in. He had first, they had left Kate Kaplan alive. I mean, that to begin, that's the problem. Because she was a blabbermouth. She was blabbing all over Annie, which she just met in a bar, told her all about the Russian she was living with. I mean, then Katerina hired her to you know, basically bathe Liz and get her dressed and fed and told her not to love her. Kate does whatever she wants. And of course she gets emotionally involved with the child. And, you know, then they leave her alive and then he hires her, but never tells her what she is to, what he is to Liz. It's only that he's doing it out of responsibility. Well, years passed and then decides to come into Liz's life. Kate looks like she just swallow a bag of lemons. And he, what does he do? This is my business. This is what I'm going to do. You shut up. The thing continues to get worse and worse and worse until he, um, she fakes her death. And instead of then saying, okay, now this is it. I'm going to kill you and I'm going to make sure you're really dead. He's mind his emotions are all over the place though she's alive then he has to see that marvin got tortured he can't feel very good about liz but not because i'm the boss you have to just do it he continuously he's getting caught up in the mystique of his bad guy that you know fear makes him tremble and i don't have to worry about anybody's feelings or emotions because you know i say so and you do as i tell you same thing that happens with liz and tom treating them as if we're children with a task force you do as i tell you and he doesn't he's he's getting caught up in the way where he doesn't understand that that doesn't work all the time and that's his blind spot it's become that yes and i I mean, the, the emotional situation is the only thing that makes sense that that's caused that, mm -hmm. that he just, because he, function, he functions so well before. I mean, clearly people went against him prior to Liz. He mm -hmm. just dealt with it as he dealt with it, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's very interesting. I, I kind of, part of me wishes that we'd got a good glimpse of pre- pre Liz, not, not, not pre Liz being alive, but pre coming, you know, you know, pr prior before to 2013. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry. My brain just kind of mm -hmm. fritzing out lately. Um, prior to 2013, seeing red and how he functioned and how he functioned in his business to be able to compare it. I mean, we've seen so many things, how he builds the business, how he loses the business, how he deals with people, but we don't know necessarily how he dealt with things prior to 2013. We've gotten glimpses of it, but I'd love to see more 
to see, was he more brutal? Did Liz soften him? Did, or was it just that she was a blind spot that he couldn't look away from? That's and, what he told Liz with Agnes. She will be a blind spot. You can't, yeah. you can't see that. So I, I think that that, I, I think we just saw something and that now that you mentioned that, that was a, a pretty chilling thing, which was what Red was telling Marvin, what I saw you 30 years ago. Um, you know, you had a void and I was going to feel it. And it was very chilling. It was just, um, I can see that. I can put you in a pigeonhole. I know where you fit and I'm going to use everything. It was, it, it struck me as, I knew what you needed out of life and I was going to manipulate you to, to get it. Mm -hmm. And it's not that he never gave Marvin anything. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, that red necessarily like, I I, I think there were some definite issues in that Mm -hmm. friendship there, but all in all, Marvin got a lot from it as well. Yeah. But, but it was a issue of trust. It was a issue of saying I'm leaving this to live because but just, I, I'm agreeing with you that it was a very chilling sort of reaction he had. And I think a lot of that came out of pain. You know, I, you know, you, you were a tool in my tool belt sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I knew exactly what to do to make you work. And it was putting distance between, and especially calling himself an idol to him. Mm-hmm. That I think read in a lot of ways prior to Liz being, bringing him crashing back down to earth. A lot of people saw him as this omniscient sort of creature that, you know, could he hear and see everything? Absolutely not. Did everyone think he could? Yes. And I I think that people saw him in this deified sort of state. And that's that's what really struck me there. I don't remember if the the term deity was used, but I know he used idol. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what you think of is the false idol. Mm -hmm. And that, that you're worshiping a deity of some kind. And that's it's such a fascinating uh, th- that set dialogue was was really good and this was a Sarone uh episode so like i i it was painful but in a good way <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was i mean those scenes between between oh, um uh stevens and spader are just phenomenal tremendous yeah absolutely tremendous it's you have two seasoned actors who are just yeah. very very honed in their yeah. craft and, and when I, I you also, give them good, good dialogue to work with just from the get-go, they're going to knock it out of the park every time. But I also like um, the scenes with LaCroix. I oh, really like those. I, okay, so I was thrilled to have him back the way he was. I don't know who that actor is. I need to look him up because he's tremendous. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think I've seen him in anything else. And I'm surprised because... And I, I said this uh, when he showed up as the lawyer and walked into the, yeah, uh, the post. Very goggy. I, I said that character, like the, the way they designed it, I'm not even sure the character was designed to be this huge, you know, feel so weighty. I think the actor just brought that. Yeah. He was just very, very good. Yeah, he was and, goggy. He was, he was, uh, he was, I, he was great yeah he, and just, then, he brought he and brought then, more than even the story might have lent to but i'm i'm glad that we saw more of him and i'm also glad that we got answers to questions that you and i asked at the time 
How did he know about, how did he have all of these answers about the task force? How did he walk into there and know what he knew about the task force? Because he was Marvin Gerard's friend. Because Marvin apparently was very loose-lipped with his old college buddy mm-hmm. about Liz and Agnes. He knew about Agnes because yep. he made the comment about, about a, gra- mm-hmm. a school grade daughter. He knew about Liz. He knew about Marvin's frustrations. Yep. It was very and, interesting and, to see and that. And then he had him killed. So yeah. Marvin has proven that he has no problem in surviving. That he can. I think he has a problem with it. Because I, I don't think he was thrilled over the idea of killing his buddy. But, but he but did. But this is the second time that he had Liz kill and he was watching. He had Cole kill. Cole and Lacroix kill and he was watching. Apparently he likes watching people being killed and I wouldn't be surprised if he was in the car. Well, he was in the car when, when Maureen got killed. Well, he, he made the comment because the guy that he was, um, that he hired to, to kill Red, he said, you know, we can give you a, hopefully we'll catch a good glimpse of Red's death. And he said, I don't want to see that. I don't need to see that. Mm-hmm. And he made the comment to LaCroix when LaCroix asked him, you know, why don't you just, you know, put a couple bullets friend. in him. He's, he said, he's my friend. And, Something that I'd be very interested in seeing. I'm not sure they're going to go this route, just the route they've gone with Marvin. But I, I kept expecting him to pull back. I really thought that when the guy he hired didn't finish the job, that he called him off. Because we had just seen that he's my friend mm-hmm. flashback. And so I, I thought that we were going to see him essentially see that and he didn't and so i think he's going to continue going deeper and deeper rather than pull back no, I, I think we're gonna, we're gonna he's already Marvin. getting uh he has all the money and he's been stealing and he owns most of his shares in the stock so he's obviously uh prepared to go the length and i'm not even su- i don't i would not be surprised if he survives the season he might i mean it I feel like at this point, I, I wish they'd gone about it a different way because, as I said, I think he makes an admirable, excuse me, an admirable foe. But I, I wish they'd gone about it a different way. But I'd like to see him make Red run for his money. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want him to just eat a bullet at the end of this. I don't think he will. I think that he's. He's, he has probably plans. Uh, I think that they can get an entire season of, of people coming for rent and have all conclusions <laughs> from start of the beginning and start with conclusions. I mean, we already brought the freelancer. I guess now we can continue going and have a whole season of all those people that are not going to be very pleased. Yeah, that could be interesting. Bring back a lot of people. As I feel like all they got going for him right now is nostalgia. So, <laughs> like, at least beat us that. <laughs> no, I think that, that they could have a, actually a very good season just giving us a bunch of very angry former allies or the people who got captured or, you know, there is enough of them alive or uh, that, can, that can function. Yeah. Um, the only thing looking through my notes here. And the only thing I think I really had left, uh, oh, two things. One was kind of just a funny thing because, and this, this is gonna be 
not as positive as I get anymore. <laughs> statement with red is it, it was funny he, he doesn't have a whole lot of cultural references that he he makes mm -hmm. he, he'll he'll go with like old school literature and mm -hmm. then that's I, I realized like i'm sitting there going oh that's weird he made a lord of the rings reference of course he made a lord of the rings reference it's you know it's jrr tolkien it's mm -hmm. you know th this isn't 2000 movies he's probably doesn't even know the movies exist yes he read the books yes <laughs> he's old school he read the books <laughs> Um, so I, I actually really enjoyed that little tidbit because he has no clue what Star Wars is, gets no reference to it, which mm -hmm. is something most people at least get the references, even if they've never seen the movies, they understand some of the high level references. He doesn't. And so the fact that he initiated a Mordor reference mm -hmm. <laughs> was actually very like it made my nerd heart happy to piece together why he did that and i'm going mm. yes thank you thank you mr mm. Tyrone, for handing us that nice little nugget of of character there mm. i know that sounds absolutely absurd to be that happy over it but it was it was very nicely done it's okay in this kind of world you gotta take your happy whatever it comes and i do i do uh I take what i can get here um and i probably should have ended on the happy note but what's the next one yeah, get it out with it should have flipped him um i just about lost at the very beginning of the episode and when he said i have no control over the women in my life nor do i seek it i was just like are you kidding me <laughs> you have no self-introspection sir like what is wrong with you <laughs> it's he, he spent the last like, he spent eight years trying to control this i don't think he meant that kind of relationship maybe i think he meant uh romantic or somewhat you know like work relationship like madeline or katarina or and if that's the case i could mostly see that um but it just because we've spent because I've spent so much time grumbling over the control issues that he has mm -hmm. and that he had with Liz and the way he went around those like that line it was like a you know hot oh poker. but I don't think that he meant it you know like Liz Liz was a different category he yeah may not but, have seen like that for others but he was I, I know but it was still the phrasing for it got me and so I, I well, was very frustrated <laughs> To me, it felt, you know, uh, totally true to form. I mean, he he really didn't prefer women who were a little free-spirited. And by free-spirited, I mean, I'm willing to send you to the kings to be auctioned and your head be chopped off because I'm pissed that you gave me a false story in order to get the coordinates of something that I was doing because you stood me up in Florence. So that kind of women. I wish we could bring Madeline Pratt back. Yeah, I think the actress is very busy. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad She's that good. they go, they brought Cassandra back. I am, yeah. I, I, because while there's always going to be a certain level of nostalgia that comes with season one, mm -hmm. I guess it was just so phenomenal. Season mm -hmm. one was just so tremendous. Honestly, I think the first certainly the first three seasons to me were just network tv gold mm -hmm. when network tv is rarely gold yeah. and there's something about about network that they, they usually go for three seasons that, that seems to be their 
my golden spot, which is funny because five seasons is when they hit. Um, but syndication no longer means anything then. That's true. That's true. It but used I, to, but I, isn't maybe that that's all they can do. I, I think they tend to get picked up by, um, that's the goal to get picked up by streaming these days. I mean, yeah. syndication means streaming now. It just, it yeah. shifted from reruns on on a channel to Netflix. Yeah, but all the things get picked up not having the seasons. That's it's, true. Yeah, I think that that just is an old-fashioned metric. Yeah, but I mean, so, so was the, um, you know, I, what they, what they like count the, the, the viewership through. I think that that I've I've liked a lot of the seasons. Um, some episodes, of course, are, it's very tough to do twenty two. It is. I really I really hard. feel like, especially the last several seasons, maybe starting eight at the very latest, but I think seven could have benefited from shortened seasons. Mm -hmm. You know, especially when they started putting them because they're doing it again. From what I've seen, they're going to push it back to spring release uh for season 10 yeah january uh yeah um and so which is the spring season mm -hmm. and i think when they started doing that they probably should have started tapering down the episodes because they could write a more tightly written season they used to write mm -hmm. they they used to write fall and they'd write spring and they would split it up nicely and it just well, this this was a disaster with so many hiatuses it was well, tough to I mean, keep up flow. i was gonna say the last couple of years has just been rough just because well i mean like this year hadn't been bad because they, most of the uh, the extreme regulations have been pulled off yeah for but, filming but but season was yeah season and then eight, but then you have like the seven seven yeah. was covid when covid hit yeah but that was just got short but when they get into this early start and then they stop during thanksgiving and then they got two or more episodes and then they stop for christmas and then you got the olympics and then you stop and then you got something else and then you stop it's like wow i mean you don't even remember if it if it's hard for hard fanatics like we are imagine for the casual viewer most of them don't even know when the show is on anymore because they don't even advertise yeah. it yeah i their advertise nbc's advertising makes me very confused i mean i don't claim to be a marketer by any stretch but I they do. haven't it, they, they 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 film one little thing that they put at the end if you blink you miss it and it's always the same one it doesn't really give you anything from the next episode yeah they forward. started that was it this year that they started doing yeah. it was really weird it's it's almost like spader's name recognition they just expected to keep going Almost like I got the impression, and I, I have no backup for this. This is just a feeling from the way they went about it. But when they launched Redemption, I, I did, they launched it in the spring hiatus. They just plopped it down. There was very, 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 very little fanfare, very little marketing done for it. And it was almost like they just assumed people would just keep turning the TV on, assuming Blacklist would be on and go, oh, it's redemption, I forgot, and stay for it. Yeah. And they didn't know the audience at all. There, there's a different sect of us that were more Tom fans and you needed to market specifically to a certain type of viewer that were gonna be more interested in the spy craft 
Yeah. The, the deep... Well, the the, the, it's by the inside. name. The name was a disaster. Redemption. Yeah. If you want to watch spies, you don't want redemption. I don't want my spies to be redeemed. I want them to be glamorous, pull things oh. off, have fun. That's Tom, what I want. Tom them. had already been redeemed through Black, you know, Blacklist. He'd already hit his redemption. So who were they trying to redeem? Scott? Solomon, was... please. No, don't, yeah, don't no, redeem no. my Solomon. I like him as a villain. He needs to be working much deeper in the gray than any of the rest of them. I mean, like into the <laughs> into yeah. the darker depths there. Just keep him where he is. I love yeah. that man. <laughs> yeah. It just it just didn't oh. work. So anyway, I think I don't have anything anything more. There was not much for the task force except for Cooper, and yeah. he was royally. Just, well, welcome to Keen Minds, folks. We're not it's season nine of the blacklist. We haven't seen redemption since season five, and haven't seen Eddie Gatheggy since then. But Tessa and I can still fangirl over Eddie Gatheggy oh, at the yay. drop of a hat. Oh yeah! Somebody posted something in Reddit with him, and I'm like, man, he was such a good villain. God, that scene at the actor. restaurant where where wrestler just drops a thing in the soup it was <sighs> and he's it going just... on and on about the wonton soup it was great he's so terrible like like in, in the best of ways so terrible so i would love imagine if we get in season like 10 and if we get all those villains back i mean we could have some real fun here oh it'd be so much fun yeah like bring I mean... solomon back bring Gina, Gina. <laughs> yeah <laughs> this would be a i mean we have fun on this podcast we would have a field day with solomon and gina back yay those are our people i don't know hey. what that says about us but those are our people <laughs> there you go so that's all i got yep me too uh, you guys can listen to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. And you can chat with us on Tumblr, on Twitter, uh, Facebook, and Tessa's over on Reddit. So and until next week. Until next week, we'll have the finale for season nine. See you then, folks. Bye. Bye-bye.